Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. He's so good. I'd like you to grab your Bibles tonight if you would. I'd like you to go to the book of Proverbs. Cody, thank you so much. Love you. Proverbs chapter 3 if you would. I'm going to begin in the Passion Translation if you have the Passion Translation with you tonight. And I know that they'll help you. Uh, behind me on the screen as well. I want to talk to you for the next few moments and beyond talk to you. I want to preach the gospel of glory to you. Amen. (laughs) I just don't want to talk to you. I want to preach to you the pathway of wisdom and discernment. The pathway of wisdom and discernment. That's what I want to speak to you along these lines tonight as you're turning to Proverbs chapter 3 together. You know, there's many characteristics about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> he, is, he is wind, He is rain, He is oil, He is fire. But these are, these are all characteristics of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is God. I want you to say that. The Holy Spirit is God. He's God. Yeah. And He's in you. And uh, you can put this in your notes tonight. I, I, don't, I didn't give them the scripture, but in, in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, Isaiah says that the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is actually these things. He is the spirit that will rest on you, and he is the spirit of wisdom. Hear that. He's the spirit of wisdom. He is the spirit of understanding. He is the spirit of counsel. He is the spirit of might. He is the spirit of knowledge. And he brings the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, he brings the fear of the Lord. And fear means to honor the Lord. That's what it means. That's who the Holy Spirit is. In these next few moments, I want to bring this word to you tonight about the pathway of wisdom and discernment. Some of this is very fresh and new. Some of this is weaving it back in to our heart from months past in April and May. Just bringing a refresher to the body because I believe this message tonight is so key to where we are at. As a family, universally, as the body of Christ around the world and what we are watching in this hour. Proverbs chapter 3, are you ready to go? Verse 1, my child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Then you will have a full rewarding life. How many of you desire that? A full rewarding life. Amen. Hold on. To loyal love and do not let go. And be faithful to all that you have been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity. With truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor and understand with both God and and understanding with both God and men. You will gain the reputation of living life well. Let's go on to verse 5. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on Him to guide you and He will lead you in every decision that you make. Isn't that beautiful? Become intimate with Him in whatever you do. Boy, underline that. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. Now I want you to just jump down to verse 21, if you would. Same chapter. My child, never drift off course from these two goals for your life. Make sure you underline this tonight in your Bibles. To walk in wisdom... And discover discernment. My child, never drift off course from these two goals in your life. To walk in wisdom and to discover discernment. Don't ever forget how they empower you. 
For they will strengthen you inside and out and inspire you to do what is right. You will be energized and refreshed by the healing they bring. They will give you living hope to guide you. And not one of life's tests will cause you to stumble. How many of you want to get in on that right there? Now, why is all of this important that we have just read? Because we are living now within the hour of the crucible where many believers, many Christians, they are failing to guard their own hearts, which is very, very important. They're failing to guard their own hearts, and they're being derailed. They're being offended. They're, they're being led into detours. They're being confused. They're being deceived in the sour. Christians are being, be, uh, they're becoming bitter. Christians are being led away by doctrines of men and even doctrines of demons. The Apostle Paul, he actually warned his spiritual son in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Put it in your notes, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, the Spirit clearly says in later times, some will abandon the faith. Well, that's strong. Some will literally abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I want to say it again. Listen, guys. We're in the crucible hour. Many are falling away. Many are being deceived. Many are being offended. Many are being led astray. That's why we have got to walk on the pathway of wisdom and pure discernment in this hour. I need to know if you're with me tonight. In Job chapter 23, verse 11, Job 23 and verse 11 he says, my feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept his way without turning aside. Ooh. I have closely followed his steps. I have kept my way without turning aside. I'm telling you, beloved, if there's ever an hour, you've got to watch your steps with the Lord to make you make sure you are in sync in the steps of the Lord, that you are synchronizing your step and your walk with the Lord. It is this hour. Verse 21 again, he says, never drift off course of these two goals in your life. Walk in wisdom, and discover discernment. Now, I'm going to look at a, a verse in Hebrews chapter 5, and while you're turning there, I'll remind you, Hebrews chapter 5 is a scripture that we visited back in the month of April, back in the month of May, where the Apostle Paul begins to write, and I'm, in, I'm going to begin to read in verse 11. That's where I'm starting. Chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. He says, you've become dull of hearing. You've become dull of hearing. Now, the, op the opposite of sharp is dull. Touch somebody and say, God wants you sharp. All right, say it again. God wants you sharp. He doesn't want us dull. He doesn't want us spiritually dull. We should never tolerate spiritual dullness in our life. He said, sadly, he says, you've become dull of hearing, and by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles or the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's just a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see that? To discern. You're, you are actually exercising the spiritual gifting within you by the Holy Spirit to be able to, to discern what is pure and what is evil, what is good, what is true, and then that which is evil and wicked. 
So are we accurately discerning in this hour? Are we actually training and practicing our powers so that we are not duped by the spirit of this age? Hello. The Lord doesn't want us confused. The Lord doesn't want us to be manipulated by any level of demonic presence of deception. He wants us to have spiritual clarity, eyes of fire because we have been with him, a heart that is burning and that at a moment we are able to discern that's not the Spirit of God and that is the Spirit of God. We should pray this way, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of my heart and give me wisdom and give me your discernment. Now, discernment means this. Discernment is the ability to judge well. Write it down tonight. Discernment is the ability to judge well. Discernment is a perception or a judgment obtained by the Holy Spirit. It's obtained by by the Holy Spirit, folks. And it's through His guidance and it's through the spirit of understanding that it comes. Discernment is the ability to judge well. It's the ability to have the perception or a judgment that is obtained by the Holy Spirit through His guidance and understanding. Some of this is review. I said discern means what? It means to perceive or to recognize something. If you discern something, it means you're able to identify it or you're able to distinguish it. You're able to recognize it. You're able to detect it. You're able to actually notice and observe it and see it and spot it. Listen, it doesn't take a prophet in this hour to see the darkness in this world. It takes a true prophet to see what God is doing and where God is moving and what he's up to. Well, that was really weak, I'll tell you. We've got to be able to see what God is doing in this hour. We are seeing darkness all around us. Anybody, listen, anybody can even jump on the news and tell us where the darkness is, but what is God doing in this hour? Are there any champions in this room that are hanging out with God, spending quality time with God, saying, God, where you're going to move in the earth, I'm going to move. Where you're saying, step forward, I'm going to step forward. When you say, God, be a voice, I'm going to become that voice. Come on, church. Come on. This is a big point tonight. Discernment is from the Holy Spirit. Discernment is not suspicion. Discernment is not guessing. It's by the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about seeing and perceiving and recognizing things by the Holy Spirit. Again, listen, folks, I'm amazed how many Christians are getting lost in the fog. And I'm not talking about the favor of God. I'm talking about getting lost in the fog in this hour. So many Christians being totally duped, so weak, so petty over ridiculous things. They're not spiritually alert. They're not sound. They're not standing at attention. They're spiritually dull. And they can only handle milk. They can barely handle or stomach a real word from the Lord. I've come to preach tonight. Love you. (laughs) Those that are blessed with the spirit of discernment, we know this is a gift that is in operation by the Holy Spirit. They're blessed because they receive revelation through the Word and the Spirit. And it helps us to begin to develop a spiritual sensitivity an intuition of the Holy Ghost. You need a spiritual sensitivity to the voice and the wooings and the movings of God. If you don't, you can find yourself drifting so far from where the Spirit of God is in this hour, so sidetracked, so put on a detour, you've got to stay anchored, anchored to the Word of God, anchored to the Spirit of the Lord. So that you can develop the spiritual sensitivity. 
I've said to you before that discernment is an act of wisdom. Again, it is the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. And discernment becomes an act of wisdom. Wisdom. It is marked by an insight that you can see that other people are actually missing the mark. They're not able to see what's right in front of them. But the Spirit of God wants to bring illumination to you so that you can discern there's the key to the breakthrough. There's the key to the breakthrough. That's where God is wanting to go to break loose a region. Are you hearing me? To break loose a city. Those warriors that carry that realm of the Spirit of God and discerning and walking in wisdom know they can go in there and bring breakthrough to an entire region. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 14, I don't know if I gave them this scripture, says the heart of him who has understanding, he seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools, they feed on foolishness. Wow. The mouth of fools, they feed on foolishness. It's the heart of him who has understanding, who seeks knowledge. What, what is the point that I'm trying to drive home right here? Discernment does not come to the casual and the complacent. You have to set your heart with the Lord. You've got to set your heart and mind on the things of the Spirit of God and say, God, speak to me through your word and by your spirit. Through your word and by your spirit. Folks, we are still in a famine in the United States of America of the word of God. We are still amongst a famine where Christians are still not even reading their Bibles. No wonder they can't hear the voice of God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says in verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I love that. God doesn't want us ignorant. Concerning these spiritual gifts, and then he begins to go through them, and I'm going to look at them in just a moment. But see, when revelational gifts, when revelatory gifts from the Holy Spirit are in action in our lives, what happens is we gain an access into the heavenly and spiritual realm. Listen, the Holy Spirit is actually courting and inviting all who are hungry and thirsty into the realm where the voice of God is speaking. This isn't just for people that you think are on a platform or anything like that. He is courting and wooing all, all to come in to the realm of the Spirit where you can begin to hear the voice of the Lord and then you can begin to articulate it, and that's called prophecy. You just hear from God and you speak it to men and women. You just say what you hear God saying. If God gives you the authorization to say what he's saying, and that's a whole nother level. What happens is, is that God gives us access into divine information. He gives us what I would call spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence, divine information. It's a supernatural manifestation from God that pulls back the heavenly curtain and it reveals God's true and pure knowledge and wisdom and discernment. Now Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he goes on, and in verse 4, he says, There's just, there is a diversity of gifts, but it is the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. There are diversities of activity. It's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given for each one for the profit of all. And to the one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To one, to another one, a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, the gift of faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Wow. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And, and when, what he's talking about there, he's not talking about street smarts. He's not talking about natural discernment. He's not talking about uh, finding fault or suspicionary things about people. He's talking about God speaking to you revel revelatory truth. Truth. 
that stands. One of the most powerful, powerful, ongoing lessons that we learn from our teacher, the Holy Spirit, is how to discern and walk in wisdom in this hour. It's amazing to me how many Christians actually struggle in the realm of discerning what is going on. Now, lest you think that I've got it all together. I remember, I've told this story before. I think it's important to tell it again, but I remember it in 2015 during the Republican primary how much I could not stand Donald Trump. There was no secret in our house. I could not stand him. There were so many things that aggravated me about him. And I had a list, and I told my wife, I will never vote for that guy. I will never vote for that guy. And I, I had a pretty good list. And, and if I would have handed you that list, you would have probably went, amen, amen. Ooh, good point, Brian. I like that. I'm with you right there. Until God gave me a dream. And in the dream, my wife is standing in my left arm. And I have my right arm down to my side. And I'm standing in a group of about maybe 50 to 75 leaders in the body of Christ. I looked up and I recognized many of them. They were interceding for the people that were standing in the middle of this circle. I looked up and in the middle of that circle was Donald Trump and Melania Trump. And these leaders had their hands stretched towards them and they were speaking and decreeing powerful blessings over them. Blessings, prophesying over their life, surrounding them just with prayers of fire. I was doing nothing. And the Lord lifted me up over that circle. And I, I was watching the interaction there. And Donald and Milani were standing there in the middle, humble, with their heads down. And then the Lord showed me me. <laughs> me. And there I was. I wasn't praying. I wasn't blessing, I was doing nothing. And then suddenly I was myself again in the dream, and I heard the Lord say, Son, you have it within your authority to either release your blessing or withhold your blessing. And now I ask you, what, shall, what will you do? And the conviction of the Holy Ghost came upon me so strong, and I began to repent to the Lord for not praying for this man. Why? Why wasn't I praying for him? I was offended at him. It's hard to pray for people that you're offended at. I wasn't praying for him. I wasn't blessing him. I had already said all, all of my opinions. But the Holy Spirit was cutting through the bone and the marrow between the soul and the spirit because the word of God is quick. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts and divides between the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow. It judges the intents of the heart. Thank you. And I started realizing in that dream, my God, I was actually speaking against the very will and the intentions of what God was doing. But I never would have known it had God given me an invitation and summoned me to it through a dream. And I began to repent to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for what I have said against this man. I did not understand that you were choosing him. I didn't understand this. Please forgive me. And in the dream, I stretched forth my hand, and it was like a river of lava just exploded out of my spirit. And I began to release blessings over him and Melania. I began to release declarations and prayers, and I woke up out of that dream just riveted by the Spirit of God. And it was that morning, I, as I got out of bed, I began to repent to the Lord. Now that I'm out of the dream, I repented to my wife for the things that I had said against Donald Trump. I repented to her, and I said, Bryn, from this day forward, I am going to intercede and pray for this man and his wife. He won the Republican primary, became the president of the United States, and I cannot even tell you how many times I have been in and out of Washington, D.C., standing to bless his administration. Praise God. 
for goodness sakes, I was at the inauguration. I was at the inaugural ball on Fox News. Hey, what do you think of Donald Trump? Hey, well, let me tell you. <laughs> that was wild. But what, what am I getting at? I'm being transparent with you to say we could actually miss in the natural what God is doing because we have already prefigured everything and we think we have it figured out. And we're actually going, we're not even going congruent with the Holy Spirit. We're actually cutting against the grain. And he's saying, no, you're going the wrong way. And it's amazing to me in this hour how many Christians are clueless to what God is doing. I was clueless. I was clueless to what God was doing till he summons me in a dream. You see how important this is? This is vitally important, folks, because the days are going to get even more crazy and wild. There are epic storms and vortexes that are still coming, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to move into the greatest, without a doubt, without any doubt, we're going to move into the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost America has ever seen. But it will be, it will be right in the midst of an epic storm. And that's why you've got to be anchored. That's why you've got to be anchored in the word of the Lord. You've got to be anchored in the spirit of God. You've got to be praying in the spirit. You've got to be inquiring of the Lord. God, what are you doing? And then set yourself into alignment with that which God is doing. And as Job said, he said, I watched my steps carefully. Man, I feel that like lightning. You've got to watch your steps carefully in this hour. The Holy Spirit, He becomes our teacher. He teaches our hearts to see reality. The Holy Spirit wants to teach your heart to truly see reality. To know what is real and to know what is phony. And sadly, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot of phony fluff out there. Even in the church realm. And God has been working very hard to, to dismantle it and flush a lot of the fluff down the toilet. Amen. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. I'm going to reference these verses. They're John 16 and verse 13. I hope these verses are familiar to you. If they're, if they're not, there's no condemnation. Just whip open your Bible and get them. John 16, 13. Get them branded in your spirit. However, when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will come and he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things that are to come. Things that are Now, these are the words of Jesus, and they're the exact same words in a different lineup that Jesus said in John chapter 5. Jesus said, I'm not even doing anything that I don't have authorization to do. I actually have authorization to do what I'm doing by my Father. And whatever I hear him saying, I am speaking and declaring. And whatever I see him doing, that is what I do. So now he shows us a whole nother level. He says the Holy Spirit's going to come. And who is the Holy Spirit? He's the Spirit of truth. And he will guide you into all truth. And I've said to you many times, everyone wants a best friend like that. You want a best friend who will never lie to you. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lie to you. His message is straight from Jesus himself. How many of you know if the devil's talking, he's lying? Jesus said he's the father of lies. John 8, verse 44. John 8, 44. I'm reading out of the New King James. He says, you are of your father, the devil. I'll tell you what, Jesus knew how to rip it. Jesus knew how to talk it pretty straight. He says, you're of your father, the devil. My God. Wow. And the desire's... Of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar. And he is the father of it. Wow. My friends. You, we need to be reminded from time to time. The devil is a master 
deceiver. He's very crafty, and he knows what he's doing. He is a master deceiver. Many who have been in church for decades right now, listen, all you have to do is drive through this region and this territory and see the rainbow flags hanging out on the poles in front of churches. Don't you tell me the enemy's not a master deceiver. All, all in the works of inclusion and acceptance, vile delusion, deception from the devil. Where to come out from the world. Touch not the unclean thing. And then I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. He's a master deceiver. He's had a lot of practice on mankind for thousands of years. And so Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he says that their minds are being blinded by the God of this age, little g, little g, by the God of this age who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of glory, which is the image of God, the very image of God should shine on them. The Holy Spirit is working, folks, to bring a strong delusion upon people. We have a, an entire media mountain that is working in that spirit to keep people under propaganda and evil blinding. It's a spirit. It's a spirit, ladies and gentlemen. In this present age, this is what I fear, folks. We, we have an entire generation that is at risk of embracing error and rejecting truth. Are you hearing me? Ryan, you, are you going to get to the good news? Yes, I am. Hang out. Stay with me. But many are being deceived. Many are being deceived. It sounds like this. Let me try you on for size. I'll try this section on for a little bit. Hey, you don't need to go and vote because God is sovereign. You don't need to go and vote because God is sovereign. And God is ultimately just going to have his way. Now that's how dumb Christians are. That's the spirit of dumb and dumber. That's the spirit of dumb and dumber. And you know what? The devil loves dumb Christians. Ignorant, foolish Christians. Because he can go on discipling nations while Christians flounder believing that garbage. If you do not rise up in your spirit, in your responsibility, what God has given us the authority to do. If we don't stand up against evil, it will just bulldoze nations. I want you to go to Romans 1 for a moment. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation again. Paul actually says, he says, professing to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Wow. Wow. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Well, I could never do that. Brother, you better guard your heart. You better guard your heart in this hour. I'm telling you, listen to me, folks. This kind of preaching will save your life. It will save your family. It will save your children. It will save your grandchildren. You've got to be bold in this hour and know what the word of the Lord is. You've got to be able to discern what is really good and what is evil. Romans chapter 1. I know there's an intensity to my preaching. I'm not mad at anybody. Actually, I am. And he's going to burn in the lake of fire forever. Glory to God. He's going to burn in the lake of fire forever. It's amazing. You, you, it's amazing you talk like this and Christians get a little nervous talking like that. 
They're not so sure of it. You know why? Because universalism has crept into every crevice of the church. Believing everybody's going to be redeemed. Fallen angels, Lucifer himself will be redeemed. We'll all end up in heaven. No, we won't. That's a doctrine of demons, ladies and gentlemen. Universalism is a doctrine of demons. I'm in Romans 1, verse 18, and I'm reading out of the Passion. And perhaps it's behind me. I'm going to take a look. Are we, are we got scriptures going? Yeah, they're coming? Okay. Romans 1, 18. For God in heaven unveils his holy anger. This is where I wanted to start. <laughs> We're in the New Testament. Are you ready for this? We're not even reading Old Testament tonight. We're reading New Testament. Are you ready for this? For God in heaven unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin. That's New Testament. Hello. God has a holy anger breaking out against every form of sin, both towards ungodliness that lives in hearts and evil actions. You know what, folks? You don't, it's just so rare you don't hear this kind of preaching in 2020 that God has a righteous burning anger against sin and abominations. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. And in reality, the truth of God is known, listen to this, instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Did you know that? Every atheist has this embedded in their heart. God, only, God has already branded this instinctively inside of their heart. Are you hearing me? Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible such as his eternal power and his transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. Did you get that? So then this leaves everyone without excuse. I'm in verse 21. Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them, and yet they refused to honor him as God, or even to be thankful for his kindness instead. They entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like. Are you reading with me? Are you reading with me? This left them with nothing but misguarded hearts, misguided hearts, excuse me, steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be super intelligent, they were in fact shallow fools. For only a fool would trade the unfading splendor of an immortal God to worship the fading image of other humans, idols made to look like people, animals, birds, or even creeping reptiles. That is why God lifted off his restraining hand and let them have full expression in their sinful, shameful desires. They were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their bodies by sexual perversion amongst themselves, all because they traded the truth of God for a lie. Don't miss that. All because they traded the truth of God for a lie. They worshiped and served the things of God made rather than the God who made all things glory and praise to him for eternity of eternities. Amen. Verse 26, and for this reason, and for these reasons right here, God gave them over to their own disgraceful, vile passions, inflamed with lust for one another. Men and women ignored the natural order, and they exchanged in lesbian conduct. And men committed shameful acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their deviation. 
And because they thought, and because they thought it was worthless to embrace the true knowledge of God, God gave them over to a worthless mindset to break all the rules of proper conduct. Their sinful lives became full of every kind of evil, wicked schemes, greed, and cruelty. My God, this is hard to read. Their hearts overflow with jealous cravings and with conflict and strife, which drove them into hateful arguments and murder. I mean, are we reading 2020? Are we reading 2020? They are deceitful liars full of hostility. They are gossips who love to spread malicious slander. With inflated egos, they hurl hateful insults at God. Yet they are nothing more than an arrogant than arrogant boasters. They are rebels against their parents and totally immoral. They are senseless, faithless, ruthless, heartless, and completely merciless. Although they were fully aware of God's law and proper order, and knowing that those who do all of these things deserve to die, yet they still go headlong into darkness encouraging others to do the same and applauding them when they do. It's strong. This is so strong. You understand why we desperately need the Spirit of God to break through this strong delusion that are on people? you understand why we desperately need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost? That we desperately need revival and awakening to crash into the moral consciousness of the United States of America? Because if we don't, we're going to continue to be steamrolled, folks. This is why we pray the way we pray at victory. This is why we decree this is why we worship. This is why we declare the way that we do, ladies and gentlemen. Because as for us, this is unacceptable in our country. We're not just going to roll over and put up someone's flag out in front of the church and say it's okay. When God says, no, it's debauchery and I hate it. And sometimes your love for God is proven by what you hate. And I know that's really strong. But we have to learn how to hate what God hates. Not the people, but the vile, filthy sin that is corrupting them. And every one of us in here, we know our own story about the vile sins Jesus' blood has cleansed us from. And there isn't any sin that Jesus' blood can't wash whiter than snow. Isaiah said, though our sin be as scarlet, the Lord says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, I will wash you whiter than snow. Now, why is this important? Folks, this is in the church everywhere. This is, this is all in the church, what we're talking about. This is why churches are imploding in this hour. Falling into apostasy, great deception. This is why we have to guard our heart in this hour. This is why we need quality time with God. This is why we've got to be anchored in the Word and have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit so that we can discern through what is phony and what is corrupt. And we can see what is real and pure and true. Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm rounding the bases. He says in chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writes, preach the word. He's telling Timothy, his spiritual son, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. There you go. You want to be in the ministry? <laughs> Here you go. 
reprove, rebuke, resort, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. <laughs> with all long suffering. Wow. Paul goes on to explain to Timothy, his son in the faith, why he needs to preach this word. He says, for the time's going to come when they're not going to be able to actually endorse sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they're actually going to heap up for themselves teachers having itching ears. They will turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. There it is again. You see that? The willful blatant of people blatant turning away from the truth and believing a lie to be damned. Now, we've been doing this 25 years and pastoring people in 2020, 2019, 20, you just go through the years. It's not easy leading and pastoring people. Have y'all recognized in this hour, nobody wants to be told what to do? I, I can think for myself, I've got a mind of my own. I don't need you to tell me, Jack. That's the spirit of this age. And that's how people treat God. Not just spiritual leaders. That's how they talk to God. He says, this time is going to come, and they're not going to be able to endure sound doctrine. We're going to endure sound doctrine here. We're going to be taught by the Holy Spirit. We're going to let the Holy Spirit discipline us. It is good. Amen. Thanks, Susan. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, is the most vital at this time. Now, I've already given you some of John, but John, I'm going to go through these quickly. John 14, 17. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I love that. The spirit of truth will be in you. He's in you, folks. You'll know if you're supposed to turn right or turn left or stop or go. You'll know. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. You will know. John 15, 26, put it in your notes. When the helper comes, that I shall send you from my Father, the spirit of truth. Here it is again. The spirit of truth who proceeds from, from the Father, he will testify of me. You see, the spirit of God, he runs perfectly congruent, meaning he is in perfect harmony and agreement and alignment with the Father and the Son. John chapter 10, verse 4, he says, my sheep know my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. The verse goes on, the voice of a stranger, they're not going to follow. They will actually flee from him, and they will not know the voice of strangers. See, folks, we, we have to know the voice of God through his word and by the Holy Spirit. You have to know the voice of God through the word. Listen, when, when God's people are actually acquainted with the Bible, when they're acquainted with sound teaching and sound doctrine, they will immediately be able to recognize something that is flaky. They'll be able to recognize, and let's use the word, discern what is actually not biblical. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They'll know in a minute something's wrong. How about a New York minute? They'll know in a New York minute something's wrong with that. That's off. Now, how will they be able to do that? Because they're well acquainted with the word of God. You have to live, we have to live a saturated life of being in the Word. And as you're in the Word, the Holy Spirit, He's the one saturating your spirit, giving you the pure wisdom, the pure counsel, the pure knowledge, the pure understanding. Remember, He's the Spirit of wisdom. He's the Spirit of knowledge. He's the Spirit of counsel. And the more time you spend in the Word and the more time you spend Building your relationship with the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit can speak to you immediately and say, that is error. Do not go that way. That is the pure word of the Lord. Walk this way. Are you with me? Now, I gave you these three things many months ago, and I'm going to give them to you again as I close. And then we're going to look at one last scripture together. Number one, I gave you these three things concerning wisdom. First of all, it begins with the fear of the Lord. Wisdom begins with 
the fear of the Lord. The scripture says repeatedly, fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning. In Psalms 111 verse 10, Paul says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where is it at? It's in Christ. All right? You still with me? When it comes to discernment, we must begin our pursuit of understanding with the recognition that God is all-powerful. Say it. God is all-powerful. Say it again. God is all-powerful. Let your mind be renewed to that. In the midst of storms that are coming, you have to raise up and say, God is all-powerful. Come on. Say it. God is all-powerful. He's the all-good creator of the universe. And he is perfect, pure truth. All truth is found in the consummation of Jesus. Now again, the spirit of truth trains us to do what? Perceive, recognize, distinguish something. It means to discern it. Detect it, recognize it, observe it, notice it, see it, spot it. To judge accurately. The Lord wants us to so be with him that we're able to judge accurately. You think judgment is a big deal? Do you think judgment is a big deal? Look at the Supreme Court. Do you think judgment is a big deal? You think fearing the Lord and fearing His Word is a big deal? Number two that I gave you was growing in love. When it comes to discernment, we have to grow in love. And this is the element that sometimes we, we miss. It's found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. I pray this, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent and you may be sincere and without offense. Till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Now, I feel like about 30% of you are actually listening to this message, and the rest of you have checked out. So, you need to, you need to shake yourself and come into attention. Okay? 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 All right, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, one more time. I want you to notice what Paul does here. He says, I pray that your love may abound in knowledge and all discernment. You can't miss that discernment is anchored and connected to the foundation of love. If we're not growing in love, our discernment is going to get skewed. He said that your love may abound in all knowledge and in all discernment. If we're not, and how are we going to grow in love? By being with the Lord. If we're not being intimate with the Lord, if we're not being intimate with the Lord, we're going to see things skewed. We're not going to see it properly. We're going to see it through a lens that is distorted. We're going to see people and others through a lens that is cracked and distorted. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what the Lord is saying? And then he says that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Man, this is big. The Lord, again, so many Christians are being derailed, folks, in the realms of bitterness and offense. Through all of this chaos, we have got to guard our hearts in this hour. Third, I gave you months ago, that we have to grow in the fruits of the Spirit. In order, in order to correct our own biases, you know, you know that we have them? All right, four honest people in the church tonight. It's good. That we actually have spiritual prejudice. Did you know that? I mean, how many can admit that? I mean, the Lord has dealt with me about that time and time again. 
so many times about being spiritually prejudiced. I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about styles of ministry. He wants to deal with that. The Holy Spirit wants to supersede our opinions and the corruption that is in our own hearts. He wants to cultivate within us the pure love of God. The pure love of God. So you got to make these things your prayer. When, when, when you read about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and on and on and on, it's about developing an openness to the Holy Spirit to bring correction into our lives so that the purity of God's love can begin to manifest. If we're not growing in the pure love of God, we won't even be able to receive God celebrating us as a man or a woman. We'll just stop celebrating others because we can't even see that God is celebrating us. If we're not drinking in the purity of God's love over and over and over, we'll get so calloused and hard, we won't be loving others. Because you learn how to give love by receiving love. You learn how to give mercy by receiving mercy. You learn how to give forgiveness to other people by receiving forgiveness. You've got to be with the Lord intimately. You have to be with the Lord intimately to allow the Lord to celebrate you and love you. And for you to allow your spirit to absorb the pleasures of God over your life. God's delight and love over you. Because when we walk in the purity of love, then we're going to be able to go, that's not the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit of God. I'm being directed and now I'm walking in wisdom and now I'm discovering discernment. And God is opening my eyes and giving me understanding. And now I know the royal path of life to walk. Lastly, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters of God. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. I could preach on this all night long. Oh, my gosh. Cody, I want you to come for the next just few moments. I gave you a little break. <laughs> Being led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the only one that can cleanse our spiritual eyes from being muddied. And our eyes get muddied because we're in this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. But y'all know that we're getting soiled and we have to come and get cleansed. You know, gosh, we could talk about it all night about the old priesthood and how they would come up. And many of you have been to Israel with us, and you remember the, the baths that, that the priests would go down, and they would bathe themselves, and, and they would put on the priestly garments before they ascend into the mountain of the Lord, and they would make their way to that holy place. But see, when we come to church, it, it's just, it, that's not always a burning revelation within us. We just come, kind of come in casually to our church, into a building, into a campus, and, and we're doing church. But the, the actuality of it is our lives are being soiled by the world. You're, you're actually grieved in your mind with what's going on in the world. You're actually having to go through battle psychologically because of things you've seen and heard. And you've been bombarded through social media who is unrelentless upon you. And when you come into the presence of God corporately, it's the Lord who wants to take us and bathe us. And bathe us. And bathe us and wash us and cleanse our souls. Cleanse out our mind and our thinking. All these things that are grieving the depths of our spirit so that when we leave here, we feel clean. That's what he does corporately. It's what worship does. It's what the word is doing over you right now. The word of God is cleaning us. He's cleaning me while I'm being his messenger. That's how it works. It's the spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord's ministry, it is beyond anything in this world.
the Holy Spirit's ministry. God helped me years ago. And I've been trying to help a lot of people over many years to tell them flat out, it is not your ministry to change yourself. It is the Holy Spirit's ministry to change you from the inside out. The Holy Spirit's ministry is the ministry of transformation from the inside that makes you a new man and woman in Christ Jesus. It is the power of a transformed life from within by the Spirit of God's ministry. If you're wrestling tonight with just trying to fix yourself, and man, if I could just, oh, if I could just do this, and if I could dot all these T's, and if I, if I could just dot all these I's and get all these things in alignment, and then, and then, and the Holy Spirit saying, no, just let me have my perfect work in you. And I will conform you to the image of the Son of God. I told you I would finally get to the good news. I want to end with Matthew 24 in closing. This is my last scripture for the night. I love that song that you just picked out there, Cody. All is for your glory. Hallelujah. Matthew 24, would you look at it with me? In verse 4, these are the words of Jesus, our master. These are the words of our great shepherd. He's our great shepherd. He's our great king. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. Folks, th these are the things that go through my spirit all the time. God, I want to be anchored. I, listen, folks, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people that my wife and I went to Bible college with so many eons ago. And I, it, I can't believe where people are at in this hour. I just cannot even believe it. No longer married. Used to be pastor's wives, now shacking up with another woman. Out living crazy. Men that once preached the gospel out living insanity. It's grieving. It's grieving. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they'll deceive many. You're, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. So see to it that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. That, that word there is actually ethnos. Ethnic groups will rise up against ethnic groups. And there's going to be famines and pestilence and, and earthquakes in various places. And all of these things are, say it, the beginning of sorrows. Then they'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by all the nations for my sake, my name's sake. And then many will be offended, and they'll betray one another, and they will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. What I'm dealing with tonight, folks, is vitally important. You know, there's a lot of preachers out there that think that things are going to go back to normal. They're just banking on it, that it's all going to go back to normal. We're coming into an epic age before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus started these teachings by make sure that no one deceives you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom, and he wants to grant to you pure discernment so that you can make it through the landmines of this hour. And he'll see you through. He's going to see us through all the way. He's going to see us through all the way. Amen.
Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. When I grew up in church, if you just look this way for a moment, when I grew up in church, my family was my family was mightily saved out of a wild lifestyle of partying, craziness. God miraculously saved our family. We came into a powerful church. And in each service there was altar time. People came to the altars. They didn't just, they didn't come up the lines to get prayed for. They came to just be with God. I went to the altar as little Brian, little Brian. Not knowing God was going to call me into the ministry, not knowing God was going to call me and make me a leader. But little Brian went to the altar all the time. You know what it did? It gave me a sensitivity for the Holy Spirit. It helped build within my spirit that desire to linger and be with God and know God. And I know to this day at 47 years of age, it was those tender times of my spirit being changed to know the spirit of God. When I was a child, I knew the presence of demons. I also knew the presence of the Holy Spirit. I knew when the Holy Spirit filled up my dad's bedroom and the Holy Spirit came upon me for the very first time. I know when the Spirit of God would come upon me as a young boy, how the anointing would begin to move in meetings, and then the Lord would begin to move on me outside of church meetings. I'll tell you where it started, at an altar. Just an altar, just being with God. I want to open the altars tonight. I invite you to come and find a place to be with the Lord. Let this word wash over you tonight. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit continue to do great ministry. Listen, our worship tonight was off the charts. There's a fresh wind of God blowing here at Victory, folks. We have everything to be thankful for. I'm telling you, we have everything to be thankful for. But we want to see the altars burning. The altars burning with people seeking God. I invite you to come tonight. Spend some lingering time with the Lord. Be with the Lord. Make some commitments. Listen to the Lord. Listen for the Lord as you come into the altars. So, Lord, we just thank you for this night. Thank you for this night, Jesus. Thank you for every brother and sister, every friend, every new friend that's in this room tonight that has come. I thank you for their lives. And Lord, I thank you that you are sealing by the Holy Spirit what you're doing now in them as this word has been released. And all night, Lord, you've been courting us and wooing us. God, drawing us to your throne. Lord, sweep through here. Sweep through the altar tonight. Sweep through us tonight. Do your perfect work and lead us into a triumphant miracle week. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.